everybody. Hello and welcome to the Success to Go podcast. I am your host, Christopher Tompkins, and we are super excited to have you joining us today. We have a very exciting guest, one of my dear friends, Rick Stern of Zenigrade, and um, he's going to be telling us a lot about how he keeps himself successful, um, his company growing. And just some tips for all the people out there that uh, want to learn how they can get to the next level and level up their business, just from someone who has been able to do it for over 20, 25 years. So um, folks, if you've been listening to us for the first time, thank you so much. It's so nice to have you here. Uh, the Success to Go podcast is my little brainchild. And I, you know, I've been uh, meeting people over my many years in business and my professional experience. And you know, I really want to be able to bring those real experiences directly to you so that you can learn from all of the people that I've been able to learn from. You know, there's so many pieces of information that you're not privy to and you know, hey, why not share it? Because that's how everyone's gonna get better, how everyone's gonna grow and how everyone's gonna get their business to the next level. So let, hey, there you go. So if you wanna learn more about the show, um, you can log on to uh, my agency's website, The Go Agency, which is thegoagencyusa.com. This um, show is available on um, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, all your usual good places. So check it out, share it, subscribe, and throw us a star on the grades. Okay, folks, <clears throat> we have Rick Stern coming here today. Um, he's actually here. He's sitting right in front of me. I can see him. Okay, um, so uh, Rick is here today. Rick grew up in a small farm outside Buffalo, New York. So if you, uh, all of our New York family out there, um, Rick's from your town. Uh but his interest drew um, him into management type work after college, including 20 years in educational administration. And during that time, uh, he went back to school and earned an MBA from the Simon School of Business at the University of Rochester. Soon after that, he ventured into business ownership and started the software company now known as Zenigrade. And Zenigrade just recently celebrated its 25th year in business, which is absolutely amazing. Also, it's 25th year of excellence, getting better every year. Uh, if you guys want to check out Zenigrade, check it out the website, zenigrade.com. How do you spell it? I know how to spell it, but you don't. Z, I'm Z. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Kicking it off really well. X-E-N-E, grade.com. All right, Rick, welcome to the Success to Go well, podcast. Thank you, Christopher. Yay. So um, I'm really excited to talk to Rick because um, Rick and I have been friends for years and I've learned a lot. I've worked with him and his company and his associates for many years and um, learned a lot from him. So I thought he'd be a great guest to have on the show just to kind of share some of his knowledge with all of you out there. Uh, so <clears throat> as you know, if you've been listening in here, we always share the same 10 questions because I want to know how everyone handles life differently and the different nuances that you know, we all have that uh, can help other people out. So, you know, first off, let's start about the, the morning, okay? Let's see if you're a morning, a morning riser. Uh, do you have a morning routine, Rick? I absolutely do. First of all, I am a morning riser. Okay. Typically 4.30 approximately every day. Jeez. Weekends included. Not by choice. It happens. I just wake up. Okay. Um, and as you already noticed today, it could be earlier because I emailed you at what two thirty three o'clock this morning. No, no, no. You actually, it was four forty four. Okay, <laughs> it felt earlier. But my routine first starts. I have two dogs, and uh -huh. I, we work from home. I right. work from home. Yeah, all yeah. my all my employees work from home. Mm -hmm. The very first few minutes I get up are spent with one of my dogs who gets up with me. The other one sleeps till the sun comes up. <laughs> and that's just you know just waking up and getting up and yeah. he likes to stretch and I do the same thing. Right. Um, I spend the rest of about the next two hours or so 
organizing my day, mm-hmm. planning, um, reading news online, not television news because that's yep. kind of hypnotizing. Mm-hmm. But I also do something else, and that I will always go online and play some kind of a game, Sudoku, okay. something mm-hmm. that's going to activate my brain gotcha. other than hypnotizing it. Mm-hmm. And I very often will play games like Sudoku and like challenge myself with a really hard one. Yeah. Um, and that's what I do in the first couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, get outside, walk out with the dog, and something that really, that's my best time of day. I do my best, but there's no interruptions. I'm not talking yeah. with anybody mm-hmm. except for the dog. And I'm not answering the phone. Mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with people. Even if there's other people in the house, we don't typically talk if they happen to get up at that time of the day. <laughs> it's, I'm on my own, and it's my time. Do you, Okay, now that's interesting because I find myself in the same scenario. I, I'm an early riser. I mean, not at 2.30, but I am at 4 o'clock. I'm a, an early riser. I usually get up around 6. And um, I really like getting – I really like that hour because – well, just that time of day, rather, because – it really is a solitary time when it's the only time that's really yours, in a, in a way. Not to be selfish, but I, 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 I was thinking about that this morning. Actually, I was there. I was like, "Wow, I love this. Like, it's only what I want to do for like just like an hour or two, and then you kind of turn it over to everybody else and the staff and your company and your partner and your, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. Um, and uh, so okay, how about um. There, we, you know, you have Zenegrade, which is this amazing system that you've built over 25 years. You know, is there a business tool for you that you can't live without? It, it has to go back and be the computer. Yeah. Literally. Right. When there's a power outage, you know, we are out of luck. Mm. Just about every single thing we do between research, obviously programming, which is integral to what we do, but the communication. Mm-hmm. Even my employees, I said we all work from home. We don't necessarily chat on the phone, but we're instant right. messing each other all day. Mm. So if I have a question, we don't interrupt each other's that much with phone calls and extensive meetings. Right. So we're constantly, but if the computers are down, internet's down, mm. um, just about everything comes to a halt. I don't know how we would work without it, obviously because it's part of the business, mm. but every aspect of it is part of the business, including yeah. dealing with customers. We generally do not do telephone support. We do everything online through a ticket system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it monitors. We can monitor, uh, obviously, support much easier that way, but it also puts them in a proper queue. A phone mm-hmm. support system constantly puts the last person that called them first where everybody else now is last. Of course, yeah. So we don't do that unless it's absolutely mm-hmm. necessary. So even when that happens and we're out, mm-hmm. even support comes to a halt. So I have to say, computer, almost 100%. Yeah, it's funny. Right before the interview, Rick and I were talking about um, because we were both uh, affected, not terribly, by um, Hurricane Irma. And we were saying how both, because, you know, obviously the Go Agency, online marketing company, online marketing, where does that happen? You know, it's not in person, <laughs> it's online. And, uh, and and obviously Rick's is as well. And we were talking about, you know, what do we do if it, we've never really thought about if we were hit by a catastrophic storm? What were we going to do? Are we going to have to get generators? And we were talking about getting um, all house generators, and it's it's just so true. It's we become we're so reliant. Right. We planned ahead, knowing this was happening, and that mm-hmm. expected that every single one of employees would be affected and somehow right. probably lose power, mm-hmm. pos- possibly lose internet. So several of us 
um, re, you know, relocated to North Georgia, <laughs> to, thinking we're getting away from the storm, number one, <laughs> which then didn't happen because it followed right up through right. Georgia. And uh, just so we could have internet access. Mm-hmm. Um, and very glad that we did because just about everybody else did lose. Mm-hmm. So we were able to maintain at least um, connection with, uh, you know, with our customers mm-hmm. during that time. The system totally was protected, mm-hmm. totally separate from that because that's in a data center that is not affected by the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the office is concerned, you know, it was a, mm-hmm. an issue that we had to plan for ahead of time. And mm. we're planning now for the next time around that something like this could happen. And this is like, if you're listening to this and, you know, you've never been hit by anything that's kind of out of left field, this is a really good lesson. I mean, I've learned a really good lesson, um, you know, in terms of preparation and what you need to do. Because did I think I'd ever be uh, hit with a catastrophic storm? I, well, I, we are located in Florida. And, you know, you think, okay, hurricanes happen in Florida. I've lived here for nearly 10 years and that's never happened. We had some tropical storms, no real big, big storms that were any big storm scares. So, you know, are you ready? Like Rick was saying, okay, the one tool he can live without, uh, he couldn't live without is his computer. What if that was your tool that you couldn't live without? How would you protect it if it was taken away from you? If that is how they're going to be most productive, how are you going to circumvent the problems that will arise from you not being able to have access to that tool? So that's a really good lesson. You know, for me, it could be Wi-Fi. I can, I can work from my phone. I can work from, you know, any device. But if I don't have Wi-Fi, I cannot communicate. So if we're trying to market, that involves communication. So how do you work around that? So if you're a small business owner, even if you're a solopreneur, this is something that you really need to think about because there could be a power outage. There could be a flood. There could be anything. So, you know, just, uh, you know, prepare yourself for any sort of situation that may arise. So... Here's another good one for you, Rick. Um, you know, what is your idea of work-life balance? That's interesting from a certain standpoint yeah. because growing up on a farm, there was <laughs> always work. Of course. <laughs> always work. And uh-huh. it doesn't mean that it ends when the sun goes down or even mm. doesn't mean it doesn't start when the sun comes up. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I used to say I used to be an alcoholic, or excuse me, I say alcoholic, workaholic, mm-hmm. not alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think, you know what, I still am. Mm-hmm. It's just it means when my business part of my day ends, uh, it may be some other kind of work. But I have gotten very good and skilled at mm-hmm. when the work day ends, I separate myself right. from the work. And many of the things that I do in the work, especially on a computer, um, computers are not entertainment for me. Mm-hmm. I, I walk understand. away from them. Mm-hmm. I don't spend my evenings searching Facebook, Google. Mm-hmm. I try to stay away because it's become such a tool. Right. It's not an entertaining factor. Mm-hmm. For me. It rarely is anymore, mm-hmm. unless I'm, you know, using it for even personal business. But, right. Um, so I've got to the point where I can very nicely separate, mm. and even it didn't used to be time. Right. But even the point now is, you know, as I've as the business has grown, it's like when we get to the end of the business day, I try very much to separate that and then do the things that I'll do, especially getting outdoors, mm-hmm. um, whether it be just walking, riding, bike riding, walking with the dogs, mm-hmm. whatever it happened to be, something so that I'm now getting myself outside mm-hmm. and separating that work and, and, of course, clearing your brain from all the, yeah. you know, the frustrating mm-hmm. things that can happen to you as well as the great things that can happen mm-hmm. to you on a work day. Yeah, you know, it's really important. You know, I, I think that, you know, for, for me, myself, one of the things is uh, when I had a really short commute, I felt like I was always working. 
I felt like because the time that I left my office, the physicality, I never, it never really set in that I was not out of the work mode. So I would get home and I'd still be in work mode. Now I have about a, a 30 to 40 minute drive into the office and it's a di completely different world. Now home is home and work is work. Mm -hmm. And I and I really feel that um, anybody that, you know, it's, it, I, I mean, I really do appreciate people with really great work ethics and people that are workaholics and I think that that's great, but there's no longevity in that program. It's, and also, you know, if you're looking to really foster or keep any relationships of meaning, it's people don't care that you're dedicated to your business. <laughs> you don't go That's out. True. You don't go out to a networking meeting and say, "I'm really a hard worker," or, or going going out on a date and say, "You know how much I love my company." Nobody. Exactly. It, that, that that's not how it works. You have to be interested in other people, and you have to be grounded. And in working yeah. from home, mm -hmm. it makes that need to separate that oh even my. more crucial. Mm -hmm. I mean, I. Work a typical work day. I mean, mm -hmm. granted, I start early. Yeah. But it's it's I try to work before and right up to the point that most of my customers, even though I have customers internationally, mm -hmm. and obviously different time zones, we still try to keep more of a typical, you know, in this case, East Coast mm -hmm. work time. Um, and because you're home, doesn't mean something different. I don't break during the day to go off and, yeah. and watch television one or two hours. Mm -hmm. It's just because that's not productive. So it mm -hmm. does make a difference if I'm at home or at work. It's still it's kind of the same environment. Not everybody could do that. No. I think it took some practice in the in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but it would you know being dedicated in the beginning to making the business take off, and then mm -hmm. that passion associated with it kind of brings you down to earth and. You get realistic about your time. Yeah, I think uh, it, working from home definitely takes discipline, you know, and it's it's a it's a learned trait. It's not something that's innate, you know, because it doesn't it's not natural. I think it, I think it's becoming more natural to a lot of people that are going up from through the system and education system and things because they're taking as we were talking before in our meeting about um, how uh, so many people are taking their classes online as opposed to going into a, like a brick and mortar school <laughs> brick and mortar school that's great right I'm con I'm constantly calling education a business um, but it is, it is. It is. <laughs> but um, but yeah you know uh, it's it, it, it really I think these new people that are coming through the ranks are kind of more geared towards that type of mentality but I know for me personally when I started the go agency and I was working from home it was kind of the draw to get that laundry done or to like do dishes and it's no you have to work now you're working it's like oh wow i have the whole day to figure out all this stuff that i have to do usually on the evenings and weekends i can say that does happen <laughs> but i'll tell you when it happens when something's so frustrated that i need to break away and clear your head yep. no different than someone might go out and go for a walk or mm -hmm. do something else on their break it's it okay you know what i this this piece isn't working. It's frustrated. Something needs like I need to go do something else for a mm -hmm. few minutes. And sometimes throwing a load of laundry in is that break that mm -hmm. you need. Yeah, I, I I do agree. And I think that you know when it comes to working from home, it takes a, it's a certain type of person that can really make it successful. And it's it's you have to consider yourself a work in progress. It's not something that I would say is suitable for everybody. I think especially type A personalities that need to really be engaged with people, people that like to be in front of people and engaging with people. Um, but if you uh, can really keep focused and uh, make things work, it, it's a really successful way of um, getting more done with your time without having to worry about a commute. Now, Rick, do you have certain keys 
to success or to your success, integrated success, or just, you know, that you want to share with everybody? Yes, primarily. I have to say okay. more than anything else is staying focused on your primary goals. It is so easy to wander off track Absolutely. Um, with expectations that customers have. I mean, I don't have my own expectations, mm-hmm. but if you have several hundred customers, mm-hmm. they don't all necessarily have the same thing in mind that you have. Oh, absolutely. And it's very easy for what you think are their needs and their desires to take you off right. track. And that, so staying on focus or staying on track with your primary goals is, you know, and it's, it's, not, it's not saying you don't pay attention to what they're interested in. Of course. But if it's too far outside the realm, it, it is, that's one. Obviously, being honest, mm-hmm. and I mean in two ways. If things go wrong, being honest, they went wrong. And when <laughs> they go right, being especially vocal and honest that things went right. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it's all about. And that's when you really can see the benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um I think probably the third one is I know there's lots of things I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask the people that do, and hopefully they'll work with me mm-hmm. because I'm not going to know everything. And I really need to bring in the people who have expertise in those areas mm-hmm. um, to help me because it's, I might have passion for what I do mm-hmm. and I might have, you know, expectations, but I'm not going to know everything. And I absolutely do not. You know, and I think that that's a really admirable quality. And I think it's a very, important quality for any leader out there um, that want to be that wants to be successful or any worker out there that re- a salesperson marketing person that wants to move up to higher management you know you don't know everything so don't act like it you know you the the reason that Rick and I are where we are in terms of our companies and being successful so for so many years in in our respective fields is that I, neither of us were afraid to ask for help when we need it and not help I'm failing but I, I, I have this whole pie worked out but there's like three pieces now what am I going to do teach myself I can teach myself if I want to but why don't I ask someone that's been doing it that's an expert you know when you're first starting out as an entrepreneur uh, you know and I'm speaking from my own experience you have to teach yourself a lot of different things. You have to teach yourself how to do a lot of things. And then you start thinking, God, I wish I would have listened in statistics and accounting yes. class and finance. I, I have a marble theory, and that is, you know, you talk about learning something new. I feel like every time I've learned one new thing, I lost something else in the process. <laughs> the inside-out factor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I feel that uh, we had a, we had I had an interview with somebody and they said that um, one of the things that keeps them successful is they always hire people that are smarter than themselves, and I love that because it's true, you know. I, I mean, not people they're going to be smarter in the area that they're that they're you're hiring them for because they're going to be the ones that are going to bring innovation. Also, I learned so much from those people. You're yeah, and I don't have a problem paying them more than I pay absolutely. myself if absolutely. it's going to benefit the company. Oh, absolutely. Because it's, it's it, you know, being an, being an entrepreneur or just being a, a, a business owner, it's not a uh, – well, I mean, I'm speaking for myself. I'm not going to be like get on a soapbox and like go hug a tree or something. But, you know, it, it, it's about the greater good. It's not about you. Everybody needs to succeed, you know, and I prefer for everybody else to succeed first because they're the ones that are doing the hard work. They're dealing with the clients. They're doing everything. And, of course, our job's pretty hard, too. I mean, we have to organize everything and make sure everyone's happy and dealing with lots of personalities. But at the same time, it is so 
good to be able to empower everybody else. And that's really, that makes me feel successful, which kind of brings me on to, um, you know, another question that I was going to ask you a little bit later, but I feel like I'm going to bring it up now. What makes you feel successful, Rick? It's, this is a simple, simple answer. All right. Two parts. Okay, I love it. When a customer displays excitement about our product, yeah. that right there creates such a great feeling. Mm-hmm. And if it's a new customer that's joined us, that has joined us, right. now, after they've been with us a short time, and I mm-hmm. see their excitement about how it's benefiting them, mm-hmm. just takes that to the next level. Yeah. So it's they're excited about the product, but now they're excited about the results they're getting. Mm-hmm. If it, More than anything else, that right there says, I'm successful. It isn't the number of customers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that those particular two moments they've said yes, mm-hmm. and they said, "Oh my God, look at what we've been doing." Mm-hmm. It, it's those two things that just phenomenally it, over everything else. No, it's 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 so funny because it's so true. You know, because I mean, I'm sure that you'll agree with me here. You'll be having like the shittiest day, and it will just be nothing's going right. There's and there's someone called in sick, and there's more work to do, and someone's upset about that, and then there's some sort of conflict going offline, and then you get a testimonial unsolicited by from a customer saying, "Oh my God, I just wanted to tell you how amazing this is, and how much it's helped me." And it's like, you know what? I can do this now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and we had one last week. Yeah, and, and it's a customer who puts in support tickets a lot. I'm frustrated with them, and you know because of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But last week we got an email from them, and it had two things. One, they showed us how much their business enrollments and money increased. Wow. And it was two digits, but that was over just a few months. Wow. At the end of the first year, it was over a thousand percent. Shit! Wow. Yes, and it shocked me because they were like. I mean, there were reasons for it because the software they were using before didn't have some capabilities for okay. them. Yeah. Um, and that that one capability alone mm. let them change how they were particularly doing one aspect of their business. Right. And their enrollments just wow. dramatically went up. So mm. I'm sure if we took that to dollar value, mm. it more, much more um, with what they cost, the cost of, you know, having right. – uh, of our service, mm-hmm. they generated much more money than they spent out wow. to get there. So that was phenomenal. That's great. That those are the best stories. Yeah, I love that. I I, I, lo- I love a I love a good success story, and I love a success story that starts out a horror story. Because I've had a few of those in business yeah. where you're dealing with a where you're dealing with a client, and it's like, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna do this? I don't want. And then you have the you have those kind of like Jekyll and Hyde moments where you're just like, I don't want this client, but I really kind of want this client. I can make it work. I can uh, get rid of them. It's too much stress. And and then all of a sudden something happens and they love you, and it's. It, I, I mean, I love that. Well, I'm I'm I like puzzles, too. You know what I mean? I like finding out how we can make it work. Not manipulation, but what makes people tick? The sociology of it all, so you can help make them happy. And give them what they really need, yes. not what they kind of just want. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I want chocolate. I want chocolate. And it's like, no, actually, you're hungry for nourishment, not chocolate. Let me give you what you really need. Well, and it <laughs> comes down to very often, and you probably see the same thing, customers who want something that they think, but it fits the way they process and work now, uh-huh. rather than 
take this mm-hmm. and now v- revamp your processes or your yeah. your efforts to fit this because this tool is mm-hmm. meant to do something. Don't take the tool and say, just fit my old way. Mm-hmm. Take your old ways and kind of revamp them to fit the tool, which is much more up-to-date and modern. It's like, so you see a little bit of both, but mm-hmm. it's a struggle sometimes trying to make deal with the customers that have the prior. Like, oh, how can I make you fit me? Mm-hmm. Well, what's also interesting, too, and this is what I love about how Rick does business, is Rick's always trying to think about three steps ahead of what's going to happen next. I mean, we, just t- we had a whole conversation about where we can take the product and how we can make it better in 10 years' time. You know, and this is something for anyone that's out there, you know, you have to get out of your own way and stop living completely in the present. You have to look and, and see what the larger picture is. I'm not saying what your what's your five-year plan. I don't give a shit about your five-year plan. I'm looking at what you how you're going to roll out your goals. What's, what's your strategy going for further? Are you noticing that there's trends within the um, technology industry that's going to affect your business, even if it is printing paper? <laughs> you know, it, it could be completely different. Are you are you a, a, a lawyer? Well, oh, well, I don't need to be aware of how people are dealing with technology right now. Uh, yeah, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, so, so yeah, I really love that about Rick. Um, okay, let's talk about advisors. Um, do you, uh, you know, I always ask this question, who are your three most trusted advisors? Um, who, if I, I'm asking you that question now, who would you come up with? First, I'd have to say my business partner, okay. um, who was not part of the original business. Mm-hmm. Um, when we moved from a local install product to a web-based product, mm-hmm. um, Scott was actually an employer, or excuse me, employee of the organization that we hired to build our web-based product. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and then I didn't know that. he really liked the product, and he got passionate about it. And so you know, he became um, an investor in the company and then became an employee at the oh, same wow. time. Um, because he knows things, I said this a moment ago, he knows things I don't know. Right. Uh, you know, I'm a technical person, but I'm not a hardware person. I'm mm-hmm. not a server person. Um, so I, I'm great at the design, but I'm not the best builder of it. Right. But I know what it needs to do. Right. Um, he can do that technology piece that I just don't have right. and probably will never have. Mm-hmm. Not sure I want to have. <laughs> Um, he's number one. Second, it has to be my life partner because mm-hmm. uh, he grounds me. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I mentioned to you yesterday, I mm-hmm. was had a miserable day, um, and he said, "Oh, well, then just retire." And grounded me <laughs> at the end of the day. You know, I knew he was only kidding, but he's like, you know, just grounded. The third is I have a personal friend that I've had since the early '90s mm-hmm. um, when I lived in uh, in New York. And he is a very analytical person. Mm-hmm. Um, we're quite different from in many aspects. Mm-hmm. But he sees things in totally different way and can totally bring a different view that I may not see. Nice, okay. Uh, which is always. And he's mm-hmm. very logical. He's an engineer and he's very, very logical. Okay. So, uh, which I think I am too, but it brings a totally different, um, and, and not so much from a technology standpoint, but much more from maybe even a people standpoint. Okay, okay. So it's, you know, we've known each other for a long time, and he, plus he never gives up, mm-hmm. you know, which neither do I. So we'll find a solution. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, it's, it's, there's something about having that friend that is outside of your business that's not necessarily someone that you have to do business with or you have to see every day that just knows you innately. I think that's such a value because uh, I have one of those myself, and it's nice – to have and I see people that don't and I'm like oh you re- you can see that they're missing that mm-hmm. you know what I mean that 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 
just someone knowing you so well that's not a family member or that's not just doesn't always have oh well don't hurt yourself that can treat you like how you can be treated you know what i mean that you, you can deal with that but um okay okay i have another question for you rick what one thing have you seen in many other businesses that hinder their success i mentioned it a couple minutes ago and it really probably has to do with trying to be all things to all customers. Mm. It just spreads you too thin. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we receive, I can't even tell you how many suggestions in a week. We have an online system where they can put in suggestions. Uh, they're not all good. You know, I review them all. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, some of them are features. Some of them are, they, you know, direction they think the company should take. Um, but, it, again, if it takes us too far off the path, and I – I see that. Of course, I watch some of the shows like um, um, I can't think of the one of those TV shows where the guy buys businesses. I can't think of his name right now. Oh, the profit. Profit. Yes. Mm. You know, but you see that a lot in some of the places they deal where those people have just like gone out and made too many options, too many mm. possibilities, spread so thin you cannot uh, you cannot maintain that. It's just impossible That's to true. maintain when you're trying to be everything let alone try to be an expert or be known as an expert mm -hmm. in those. So it's you know, at the same time, all those diversions very often will take you away from what your passion is. Mm -hmm. And if, if once that goes away, it's very difficult to maintain being an entrepreneur when you don't have the passion to do it anymore. It's so true. And I think it's one of those pitfalls that a lot of businesses fall into um, when early on or when they've plateaued. Because what they'll see is they're like, okay, I'm getting asked a lot about this service. What if I just start doing it? And then a, then it's like, well, if I'm doing that one, then I might as well do these ones too. And then before you know it, you're kind of like you're a target and uh, of business. And you know what? That ha how many how many employees does Target have? A lot. <laughs> how many do you have? Not enough to deal with that. And then you become your output is so watered down that the results are inconsequential to what yeah, they're exactly. and I, I've seen that because for example with 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 my company the go agency we will um, for SEO I don't want to do SEO I don't want to have SEO people in the house I don't want to answer SEO questions that's just a personal preference it's not one of the things that I'm super passionate about but I do understand the value to a company so we are always on the lookout for a great company to kind of just like refer business to and help out build. We met this great firm and that's what we do. So someone says we want SEO. Hey, let me help you out because I'm not doing it. I'm not saying I can do it. Give it to someone else. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> and, and it really helps because then they can go and have that full conversation elsewhere and we can talk about what their needs are as opposed to, oh, uh, do you want us to make shoes for you? You know, I could do shoes too. Like it, Money grabs are never a good thing. No. They're never a they good thing. They are not. They will come back to bite you. Yeah, exactly. When someone's uh, when it's it's like they saunter in with this big check and you're like that's a that's a game changer, but then you take that check and you cash it and you're now working for them in a weird way that you've never Do you know what I'm saying, right? I, I, there is an indebtedness yeah. to taking payment. Yeah. I mean, it's it, I've been in situations like that, but why not situations? Because I, I learned real quick about that. Uh, and it's, you know what, you have to really think what's attached to that. Because 
if the people, if the person that is hiring you with that big check is giving you that big check to own you rather than use your expertise. <laughs> and saying no and backing up why you say no, most of the time is works out very well. Mm-hmm. It, it, they understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, sometimes appreciate that you are honest about why you're saying no, either to a particular service or, uh, you know, we, we had a customer once um, outside the country. It was a miserable situation. And uh, we finally just said, listen, it would be very helpful if you just, like, decided not to continue with us. <laughs> and you'll be better off and we'll be better off. Yeah. And we're going to send you your money back. Mm-hmm. And uh, l- let alone, uh, you know, just the relief of, of, of the mm-hmm. from. But a couple years later, didn't they come back and say, we'd like to come back? And mm-hmm. uh, nothing had changed. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, that was a real rare situation. But, mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, lots of times it's not a particularly a single customer as much as it is something they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we've had a customer for years is like, can you do an inventory system or equipment inventory? Like it's not related at all what we do. Yeah. It's just, is never going to happen. Right. You know, it just won't. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. Um, saying no, I think, you know, from a owner standpoint, because anytime an opportunity to help somebody, number one, but also to be, compensated for it arises the first thing i think of is oh this is going to help our employees this is going to give them something different to work on something interesting to work on then we can do raises we can get bigger bonuses we can go on our annual trip i'm thinking about all of that stuff but then you start thinking about how that is going to react otherwise within your company and if someone's on a phone a phone call and you get that feeling oh wow this is when they're supposed to be nice and we're not even doing, we're not even transacting with them yet, and we're just chit chatting. Or when you're speaking to somebody on the phone and they are brutally slashing all of their other suppliers about how terrible and awful they are, you're going to be one of their suppliers when you cash their check. And it's okay to say no. And I, because I, because I, there's some people that will do that money grab. And I, I mean, I, I have to say, I've been in that situation when I first started the business and I was thinking, oh my God, that's a big check. I'm, I'll, I'll hire someone. I will figure that out. I'll learn the system. And no, don't do it. Just, you can say no. No one's going to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be okay. I've done them as well. Some have turned out okay. Some have not. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, it's a learning experience. Definitely learn experience. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. But just don't, like, the, you heard from us here. Um, it's okay to say no. If you can't handle it, don't do it. Uh, and I think that there's there's lots of advice out there that is build it um, build it after you get the orders. I've heard a lot too, which I don't hate depending on how hard the build is. But if you have no idea how to do a service and you're taking people's money for it, I, I just I have a real problem with that. Uh, now, okay, let's talk about something else. Um, is there one piece of advice that you think all business professionals should know or keep in mind probably just we had talked briefly about it earlier and that is that your people are probably the most important part of your business right um it's not about me Mm -hmm. um it's about the people that work with me and work directly with our customers i can have the greatest product in the world Mm -hmm. but if my people don't represent that in the same manner yep um and and I'm not backing them up, and, and you know then the effort is is much more difficult mm-hmm. to to build, let alone maintain. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
So it's it's very much in taking care of your people and recognizing their strengths and mm. um, and giving them the independence that you think is appropriate for their you know their job. I think that's really important, and I think what we're talking about too here, and a lot, and, and it's it's not a manipulative factor. And I think a lot of people think like, okay, well, I'm, it's almost like bribing them. Like we're just going to take, we're going to take good care of them, and they're going to do no, 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 because you can take really good care of them, and you can lull them into oblivion. They will just expect you to be doing that. I've worked in many companies where the where the bot or the my boss was so desperate to create some culture, what they would do is give us food all the time for free or take us out for free drinks every Friday. That's when I lived in England and that was kind of like an acceptable situation where we can go out for drinks for at lunch and then come back into work. So that's part of the culture. But and that but everyone expected it. So one day the boss cut it off and it was just like, what a jerk. Oh. What a jerk. Why would he do something like that? That's ridiculous. And it's like, oh my God, he didn't do anything. He just created a bunch of kids and Pavlov's dog. You know what I mean? Um, you have to give back to your employees in a real honest way that's actually meaningful to them. If you have, it's, it's as simple as this, like even for us, we know that with, we get um, unhealthy food or snacks. Only half of, our, half of our team is going to want that. Not all of them. So we think, okay, well then half and half. Fresh fruit and we'll get donuts. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, but it's it's because we know that's what they want. We want them to be happy, not because we're trying to lull them into a false sense of security or anything like that. You got to give them what they want. If they want to be promoted, find a way of getting them on a track to promotion. Give them work that's meaningful. You know, I think that that's really what it is. You know, it's more than just saying, you know, hey, you know, we got to care about you. We got to listen to you. I mean, I had um. Meg, I don't know if you know her, Rick. Her name's Meg Marin. She's from uh, Griswold Home Healthcare. Um, she was on the show, and uh, what she was saying was that uh, she really tries to obviously don't bring your crap into work kind of situation. Like we all feel that way. Leave it at the door. But she's she's also leave it at the door. But if you are having issues, let me know, and I'll try to make it make it better for you. So she was giving people rides to the to the gas to the garage to get their cars, and she was trying to help out when someone was sick and doing this sort type of thing. And I think that whole holistic kind of approach is really meaningful if you care, if you actually care. <laughs> um, so okay, we have um, okay. How about this one? What book do you think that everyone should read, or should be reading? Interesting question and i have to say i don't have an answer for you okay. based on the book because of of for a different reason i'd have to say i'm a true believer that everyone should not necessarily all have to do the same thing that's true and i'm not a person who kind of follows what the rest of the world is doing right so when you say gee what book should i think should like all my employees are read or like to read mm-hmm. um if you're going to read Read where your passion is. Read what fits you. Read something that's going to generate your excitement, mm-hmm. your uh, creativity, right. um, something that's going to move you. Mm-hmm. So rather than suggest a title, I would more rather suggest you know, what's going to make the difference in mm-hmm. your life, whether it's your personal life, your work life, um, and not necessarily um, follow the sheep, you know, lemmings kind of thing where right. like 
here's the hottest thing. Let's let's all read this, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to business books. You know. Oh yeah, flash in the pan. Yes. Yeah, I like that, and because I, I think that there's there's a lot of power, especially in this in this ex- increasingly screen driven times. That um, actually, I, I'm a big fan of. Like, I have a Kindle. I mean, everything. I think everyone does. Um, but I can't read a book on it. I really struggle. I actually like holding the book. I like the weight of the book. I like totally agree with that. And I and I must I, like I'm such a nerd. Like I like highlighting things that I like so I can come back to it and rabbit earing pages and the smell of a book and I, and how it looks on the shelf and I mean it's ridiculous. But that's I, I mean I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. But um, it, it really is a really great way to disconnect from that whole online world that we're getting immersed in. And uh, yeah, I agree with Rick. Read something that you're passionate about. Don't don't just uh, pick up something because you feel like you need to. Because because let me tell you, you'll buy that book and you'll never read it. Because why do you? Th- and I, I hate saying this because I'm sure a lot of you out there are writers of business books and they're looking to get big hits. Um, I you know I wrote a book. I, do you think? Uh, do I think that every single person that that bought that book read it? No, they bought it with good intentions. And I, I have my share of them. Yeah, I think we all do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a stack of them at home, and it's kind of – it's so funny, Rick. I have, like, two stacks on my dresser, and my one stack is the one that I know I'm going to read, and then there's the other one that I know I should read. And so I, when I go – when I'm getting ready to go to bed, I go in, and I face the dresser, and I look at what road I'm going to take. <laughs> am I going to take the easy one, or am I going to take the one that's going to be more challenging? So usually on Monday nights – I'm going for the hard road because I'm like, I can do it this week. I can do it. And then by Wednesday, I'm on the easy one. Uh, okay. So, okay. Um, if you could change one thing about Zenegrade or about how you do gener- business or how you look at business in general, what would it be? At times, I wish we were more involved in the educational industry such as trade associations, okay. resource panels, advisory councils. Um and I mean, we, we obviously attend trade shows and conferences, yeah. but our competitors, some of them are much more heavily and, and even politically involved. Okay. Now, it's partly by choice, mm-hmm. um, partly by comfort level, you know, um, and, and the, I say from choice, it's it, uh, when we kind of chose our market way back in the beginning, you know, 20 right. some years ago, I went after a market that I thought was being ignored by them. Right. And interesting enough, that group is not necessarily also mm. the political, the, you know, how do I say it? They're not actively, they're more interested in their own organization and less inter- interested in the industry. Okay. Now, yeah. as we've grown over the years, that's changed. You know, we've gone from to some very large universities in the country, which mm-hmm. I won't name names, but, you know, surprisingly, which I would have never guessed 20 years ago we would have as a customer. Right, right, right. But they're very 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 involved in you know the field um it's almost like when you if you're playing golf with a potential customer you know you're more likely to get them uh, as a customer because you're dealing with them so sometimes i wish we were more involved in that manner Mm -hmm. um but i say it has to be a comfort level too and there has to be some expertise that would bring you into some of those environments Mm -hmm. um you also have to agree with some of them i don't necessarily um you know one of our um, competitors is actually um, very linked directly with one of the biggest trade associations. They, they might as well, you know, share the same bed. It's, yeah. it's they, you know, they're they're handcuffed together, um, which is it's 
when you go there as a, a participant, you see other participants who say, well, you know, they don't like that relationship and they don't trust mm-hmm, it. Right. Um, then you others who think it's actually fantastic. So there's like, you know, there's the whole you know, yeah, uh, yeah. realm of that. Um, but for a number of reasons, we've stayed clear of it and probably still will. Um, in some cases, it's helped us. I'm glad we have not. Yeah. But in other cases, I think it would, we'd have more business if mm-hmm. we did do that. So, you know, it has its benefits and it has its, um, you know, um, negatives as well. Right. Yeah, no, I can, I can definitely see that. Um, you know, Rick, it's been really great um, talking with you. I think that there's a lot to be learned from the answers that you've shared with us today and, and to the questions, you know, um, just about balance, about focus, uh, you know, the willingness to say no, uh, you know, um, is really important uh, for lots of businesses out there. Uh, you know, the experience of someone that's been successful in their business for 25 years is not something to really be sniffed at. And I think that, you know, all the listeners out there, you know, really take heed, re-listen to this episode, listen to what Rick was saying um, in terms of how he has his work and life balance. What is three keys to success? There's lots of applicable information here that I think can help out a lot of you. And, you know, and also uh, please do listen to past episodes of the success to go podcast. Everybody has different answers to this. And that means, you know, why we do because we're, we're frigging people, we're individuals, (laughs) you know what I mean? Everyone's going to be doing something a different way, um, you know, uh, and, um, and, and living life in their truth. So, Rick, again, thank you so much for joining us You're today. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you. It's been entertaining for me as well, and, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to going back and listening to some of the podcasts. All right, excellent. Um, and if you want to learn more about Rick and his company, um, Zenigrade, again, I'm not going to start it off with the C. <laughs> Forget it's X, people, X. X-E-N-E, grade.com. X-E-N-E-G-R-A-D-E.com. Click on that and you can learn more about that. You can also click through to his social links and join uh, Rick on uh, and the Zenigrade team on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. And you can check out their blog on there as well. All right, folks. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me today on the success to go podcast. Um, it has been a lot, a lot of fun. We have some really terrific shows coming up. I have some great ones scheduled. I'm going to be uh, doing some more fantastic interviews coming up. Again, if you want to learn more about me, Christopher Tompkins, you can check me out on my company's website, The Go Agency, at thegoagencyusa.com. All right, folks, until next time, check us out on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, and a ton of more. Just, you know, share them with your friends. Say you like us, give us a rating, and ask me some questions. I'll talk to you soon in the Success to Go podcast. Bye.